Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. Good morning, church. It is a real pleasure to be with you today. I hope you're doing well. I know we're in the second month of lockdown. Look after yourself. Be looking after yourselves. If you are struggling, please let us know. These are weird times that we are living in, but our God is alive, our God is active. And I really um, want to stand by a message I gave at the beginning of the year, which is that I am full of hope for what God is going to do this year. I'm expectant, I'm excited, and I'm incredibly excited actually to be continuing on our Church Foundations, Exploring Church Foundations series that we're doing, where we're using the book of Acts to look at what does it mean to be church, looking at the early church, some of their foundations they had in place, some of the ways that they started, and the implications that has for us now as a church. And so today, we are going to be looking at what it means for the church to be a sign, a sign to the world. So we're going to use Acts 10. If you've got it, I'm going to really ask you to open up and have it there in front of you as I preach this morning. Um, I want to read you um, an excerpt from the book called Scattered Servant. It's a book that we're journeying together. Some of us are reading it by ourselves. Some of us are meeting on a Sunday morning to discuss it. Alan Scott says this. It is his task to build the church. Our task is to introduce the king and his kingdom. We announce the kingdom, drawing attention to what God is already doing beyond the building among the people. Church. I don't think there's anything better to sum up what it means to be a sign than this, that our task isn't to introduce the king and his kingdom. It's to announce what God is already doing, to point towards it. We are called to point towards someone greater church. One of the foundations of the church is that it should point to Jesus in everything that we do and in the ways that we live and how we act towards the world. And really, when we get to Acts 10, when we get to this story, it's the problem that's kind of going on that God is trying to tackle. The early church up until then was excluding the Gentiles. And by continuing to not include the Gentiles, they were showing the world something that was untrue about the nature of God. You see, it's important to know that God has always had a heart for the Gentiles, Me and you probably are all, probably most of us watching today, we're Gentiles. We were not born Jewish. But God has always had a plan to include us in his family, to show you and me that he loves us. And so now he calls out in Peter, he gives him this vision and he addresses this issue with him. And then Peter has a choice how to respond to it. You see, regardless of how Peter responds to this vision, how when God clearly speaks, regardless of how he responds to it, God's heart to the Gentiles remains the same. His heart for them remains the same, but Holy Spirit to Peter is clear about how he should respond. Let's read verses 19 and 20 together. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up, go downstairs, and do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. 
Perhaps you could translate it as this, that don't let your prejudice keep you from going with them. The Aramaic there literally mean, meaning don't be divided in your soul. You see, by choosing to engage with Cornelius, a Gentile, Peter is going to have to go against all that he has been brought up to believe. But he shows Cornelius the heart of God if he does it. Culturally, Jews and Gentiles were not meant to mix. But God's heart, he wants to show it. And he's going to show it regardless, but Peter gets to be a part of it if he wants to be. He gets to point towards God's heart, God's nature. Verses 34 to 35 says this, Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. The Aramaic there being, God is not the God of hypocrites. The Greek there being, God is not the one who receives masked faces, i.e. God doesn't treat us according to our externalities, but according to what is in our hearts. In the way that Peter chooses to respond to Cornelius is the way that he chooses to point either towards a God who accepts everyone regardless of background or away from who God is away from his nature. My question to you this morning is in the way that you are living your life, are you pointing to the way, the truth and the life, or are you just pointing away? Where are you pointing? You see, in a world where everything signals something, where are you choosing to signpost people to? Christian comes from the Greek word Christianos, meaning little Christ. So by very definition, who we are called to be are physical little representations of Jesus all around the world. And something that has really struck me this year is that we may be the only gospel that anyone ever hears. No longer do we have the privilege of living in a Christian country where the majority of people go to church. No, actually, you might be the only encounter with Jesus anyone ever experiences. Where are you pointing them? Um, actually, as um, you, <laughs> you might guess that we don't record um, directly on a Sunday anymore. Um, I'm actually call, recording this on a Tuesday, and to the day, it's um, two years since my grandma died. Um, and uh, so two years ago, um, I went to her funeral, which is just a little under two years ago, um, actually, um, but it meant I had to miss uh, my weekly appointment at CU. Every Wednesday and Thursday, I would go into the Christian Union. And it was very unusual for me not to be there. And so when I came in the next day afterwards, the funeral was on a Wednesday. I came back in on a Thursday. And Yen and my colleague had let them know why I wasn't there, where I was on the Wednesday. And the young people had a lot of questions for me. They were, and mostly it was, well, you, you don't seem to be that upset. You don't seem to be that kind of grief-stricken, well, you're not that close to your grandma. And um, the very honest truth is I was incredibly close to my grandma. She was my dad's mum and um, someone that always throughout my life I'd got, got to know closely. But particularly, I lived with her after college for a little bit. I, um, in kind of the last year of her life, I went to see her a lot. She was in bed um, she couldn't get out of bed for the, the last year of her life. It was, it was a whole story. She was one of the people I was closest to in this world. 
And so I was honest about them. I said, she's, honestly, I'm going to miss her terribly. I miss her terribly. But I said, I've got to tell you something, guys. I said, the reason that I'm not falling all over the place is because I know, I know, I know that I'm going to see her again someday. I have a hope that we will be reunited. You know, I told them many things, those young people. I went in week in, week out, telling them many things about Jesus. I think nothing taught them more than the way I reacted to when my grandma died. Why? Because I wasn't just saying something, I was living something. Because the way that we live tells people more about Jesus than our words ever will. What is your life saying? Where is your life pointing? Are you forgiving? Are you compassionate? Are you generous? Do you show mercy? Because you see, if you are saying, I know a God who is forgiving and yet withholding forgiveness from somebody, it doesn't point to him. If you're saying, I know a God who is compassionate and yet refuse to show compassion to anybody, it doesn't point towards him. If you are saying, I know a God who is generous to the point that he gave his one and only son, and yet you cannot even give up five minutes for someone's call, it doesn't point towards him. The way that we live says more than our words ever will. Where is your life pointing? I want to be really clear here that I'm not asking you to be perfect because then I have to ask myself to be perfect. And quite frankly, that's really hard. We're not called to be perfect. We're called to be human. And the best example we have of that is Jesus. Jesus never lost his humanity in the way that he lived his life. We see, don't we, that he gets angry, he grieves, he experiences loss and betrayal and all of it. In all of it, he responds as a human in very real, open and honest ways. But as a human empowered and connected to God, to his father. You know, it's why last week Nathan spoke about the importance of life in the spirit. God sent his Holy Spirit so that we could live as Jesus did, so that when we get hurt, we can process it and deal with it and forgive those around us, not instantly, but working through that process, so that we can live generously, giving of our money, of our time, of, of whatever we have in our hands, so that we can point towards him. It says this in Corinthians, it says, yet... We don't see ourselves as capable enough to do anything in our own strength, for our true competence flows from God's empowering presence. He alone makes us adequate ministers who are focused on an entirely new covenant. Our ministry is not based on the letter of the law, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. The letter of the law kills, but the Spirit pours out life. The old covenant based on the letter of the law, if it un unfulfilled, it just led to death. New covenant, based on the spirit, based on relationship with the spirit, it's through grace and it's through the spirit we receive new life. Um, anyone who knows me um, and knows, <laughs> I really like books and I particularly like commentaries. 
which for a lot of people are very boring, but I think this excerpt from one of them is very exciting, so I'm going to read it to you. It says, Though the new covenant was ratified by the shedding of Christ's blood and is symbolized in the communion cup, it becomes operative only through the indwelling of the Spirit who imparts new life. Where the letter was powerless, the Spirit is powerful in producing holiness of life. In themselves, words cannot produce righteousness. There has to be a vitalizing spirit to charge the words with transforming power. Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit who enables us to be the humans we were created to be and therefore show the world around us who our God truly is. The way that we live our lives points to a God that is greater. Do you want to be assigned to the world? Because I really do. I really do. And it's my life that's going to speak far more than my words. I want to read you one more quote from Alan Scott. God has already graced the city. God has already moved hearts. Therefore, we are not praying for more, for more love or more power. We are praying for a movement of people. The problem isn't that we don't have enough. The problem is that we haven't given what we have. Our problem isn't revival. Our problem is release. We need to release a movement of people who stand in the city and shepherd that city into life. Church, we've got to show the way. It's a key foundation of the church that we are meant to be a sign pointing to a great, great God. A great, great God who is on the move, regardless of whether we choose to join him or not, we get a choice. We get to partake or we don't. We can choose to live according to what our culture says is okay, what the world around us is, says is normal, what the world around us says is it's just okay, good, okay, normal, whatever. Or... We can choose to partner with this and live our lives as a sign pointing to all of who God is, showing the world there is more. Can I pray for us? Because I don't know about you, but I'd love to walk around this world as a little Christ, being the gospel to everyone around me. It's my heart's desire. And so I'm going to ask you just really, if, you, if that's something that you want to do, if that's something that you want to partake in, if you want to be a sign to the world, join me as we pray. Father, I want to thank you that you came from heaven to earth to show the way. that you died on a cross to bring in a new covenant, a new covenant that changes everything. That you gave your Holy Spirit, Father, to empower us to live. And by living a different way, displaying who you are, who you have been, and who you always will be. I give my life fresh to you 
Say, Holy Spirit, come dwell in me. For I want to be a sign, a sign to the world that points to who you are, who you always have been, who you always will be. Let me shine for the sake of the world, for the sake of those around me. Let me shine, let me display all of who you are and let me point the way to you. In your name, Jesus. Amen.